you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, socially distancing from the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. What are we, eight weeks? Eight weeks and counting, I think. I think we're almost nine weeks now. I don't, I, I'm, I'm so just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I know. I, no, I, I get it. I don't know. I miss baseball. I want to watch the Yankees. I miss golfing, although I could now, but. Um, have, you, have you watched any Korean baseball? No, I like I some highlights, but I haven't seen anything. No, it's. Uh, I watched, I watched maybe three innings of like that you? very first game. I mean, it's fine. Uh, most of most of my issue with it is just that it comes on like at a ridiculous time. Like, right. I'm not waking up at one thirty in the morning <laughs> to watch yeah. to watch baseball. Uh, so, so yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I'm scrambling to look for new things to watch on Netflix. Like, um, Dead to Me just came out with their second season. That was yeah, I need to check that out. Season, and um. I, dude, like I, the closest thing I'm getting to sports is probably watching some wrestling. I, I've been watching wrestling documentaries nonstop. Like I love documentaries. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what sports, crime, all that kind of stuff. I've been watching wrestling documentaries nonstop. And they just came out with a new one uh, 
for The Undertaker. And, okay. and Mark Calloway never allows anybody. He's not that type of dude. And suddenly now he's he's a lot of camera crew. Wow. Um, it's the first episode was awesome. So anybody out there who's WWE, it was really good. Um, Everybody wants that last dance treatment now. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I know. Oh, man. But it, it's uh, nice to watch that, too, because you get to watch yeah. the old, you know, the old basketball highlights. Although, you know, after because, you know, I'm a Lakers fan. You're a Lakers fan. Uh, oh, no, Eddie's a Knicks fan and Marcus is a, is a Warriors, Warriors fan. fan. Mm. Um, but like once the Lakers got beat by Chicago when Chicago won their first title. I mean, the Lakers kind of just like fell into obscurity. They just weren't any, all that good after the magic Johnson, uh, you know, years were over and James yeah. Worthy retired and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it was still fun to watch all of that and get a little bit behind the scenes with like Jordan at practice and, you know, the whole BJ Armstrong. Thing. I mean, it's, it's been fun to watch. One of my biggest takeaways is that BJ Armstrong still looks like he's 16 years he old. He does. The dude doesn't <laughs> age. All these years later, he still looks like he barely can like have a driver's license. So, uh, Hey, for the next couple of shows, we're going to talk some dynasty league stuff. Um, I know we haven't delved into it a whole lot. It's a thing that I get hit up about on Twitter. And I, I feel like uh, a lot more people are going the Dynasty League route. So uh, I figure we'll take this week. We'll talk some Dynasty League strategies. So today we'll kind of talk some draft strategies, uh, you know, how we approach this sort of thing for folks who are new to this deal, kind of give you an idea of what it's about. Then on Thursday, we'll kind of dig into some specific players who uh, may have better or worse Dynasty value. Uh, and, and that sort of thing. So we'll kind of break this down for anybody who's new to it, anybody who maybe is just dipping their toe into it and wants to kind of learn a little bit more. We'll try to uh, offer some advice because uh, that's that's sort of what we do here. But before we do that, let's talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's new? Well, as you could see, and for those who eventually will see our Twitter video that's put out, uh, the beard and hair is now gone. And it was a man. Was that your girlfriend that did it? It was, uh, unfortunately, and it was a three-hour process. I'm not even joking. Dude. Like, literally, all three hours. So the it, the first hour was super slow because just out of nerves, she did not want to screw it up. So very, very, <laughs> you know, high setting on the on the buzzer, and just like it was barely doing any damage to the hair whatsoever. So I was like, okay, you got to go a little bit, you know, lower setting. Let's get rid of some of this hair. Um, I actually helped and set the the line where I wanted it to be faded on both sides, um, and then that was pretty much the last good part of the whole situation and, <laughs> and then from there there was no fade um it was you know i have like it was like a zero on the sides the hair up top is definitely uh not even and uh then once she grabbed the scissors she went a little uh edward scissor hands and was just chopping it like crazy so Bro, uh, a lot, of, lot just, of hats you should have just shaved it off like not bald like not king kong bundy <laughs> so, like you yeah. should have just shaved it like down as, as low as you could. Fabs, I, I brought that up. That was the option. I said the fallback option, like our fail, our fail safe was that I'm going to go back to my older, you know, style haircut where I pretty much went full military, like zero and like a two on the top. Just get it really short. I right. go months without getting a haircut, but um, she didn't want that. So I said, all right, let's go like taxi driver. Then we'll go like Mohawk. <laughs> and that was uh, that was shot down, too. So now it's just like basically what I was told was just let it grow back in a few weeks, wear some hats and then we. And then someone hopefully by then things will open up around here and then I can get it fixed. Um, so I'm right now I'm struggling. Oh man. Struggle is real, man. Bro. It is. Yeah, it is man. very real. Getting bored yeah. of TV. I need hobbies. So I, I'm, I'm open to all suggestions. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that might have to be like a Twitter, a Twitter poll. Like, hey, what hobbies should we I all know. take up I now? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's dive into this though. Some dynasty league strategies. Um, I guess the first thing, Fab, is we should probably define what a dynasty league is for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like as opposed to a, a redraft league or a keeper league. I think, Fabs, this is this is probably the closest thing in fantasy that we have to being an actual general manager, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you're starting up a dynasty league, all the players are obviously available. And the way that you draft is a little bit differently because as much as you want to win now, you want to also have youth on your team. And every year you just roll over the roster and you have a rookies only draft. Some dynasty leagues will have a rookies slash free agents draft every year. But for the most part, you're looking at the rookies. And so you know, we, we have a dynasty league that, um, that I've been running in house for a, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. And it's, you have, you have more invested in, in a dynasty league team because it's your team and you're going to have that team for a very long time, assuming the league lasts for, you know, more than a few seasons. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, because I think people come into it sort of with different strategies, right? And it's, it's, it's sort of like what we saw, I, I think about the last time the NFL expanded when was the Panthers and Jaguars came in at the same time. And um, I think it was, the, I may, I'm probably going to screw this up and somebody will correct me, but I think it was like the, the Panthers really started with kind of a youth movement. And they're like, we're going to build this thing and, and we're going to like, you know, it's going to take us a few years, but we're going to try to build this thing. And the Jaguars went with the veteran movement. I might have that reversed, but one of those teams kind of had, they had opposite strategies. And I sort of feel like that's the same thing in dynasty as well, where, you can either try and build young and, and see if you can build a team for the future, or you can try and build a team to win now. Um, and, and that's mm-hmm. sort of the thing. Um, when you are drafting, let's say you're doing a dynasty startup, right? We're, we're starting this thing from scratch. Mm-hmm. When you are looking to draft players, what things are you prioritizing in terms of, of how you're building your list, uh, your draft list? I mean, my strategy is not going to change a whole heck of a lot from redrafts in terms of what positions I'm going after first. So I am going running backs and wide receivers and you also want to watch runs a little bit more, but it's, it's very similar in that unless you're in a super flex dynasty league, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks are going to be on the board and good ones uh, in the middle to the late rounds without question. And you're also going to see, you know, Tua Tonga Valoa is, is a lot to be drafted in dynasty where in redrafts he's not. Joe Burrow is a lock to be drafted much higher than he would be in a, in a redraft, much higher, a lot more mm-hmm. value. So a lot of it is similar to redraft in terms of strategy for me in that the running backs and the wide receivers are going to take precedent, but you could end up seeing uh, runs on quarterbacks and runs on tight ends a little bit sooner uh, in dynasty leagues as people try and secure uh, the, the Lamar Jacksons of Patrick Mahomes's and Deshaun Watson's of the world, these young quarterbacks who have proven that they can be quite productive in the National Football League. And people want to build around some of those players, whereas there will other be there there will be other owners out there who will end up waiting on the position. And it's in these dynasty leagues where guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Drew Brees, I mean, as valuable as they can be in redrafts in dynasty leagues getting maybe one or two more years, uh, especially out of Breeze and Brady. So things change. 
Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the biggest things for me, too, is, is sort of paying attention to age. You talk about those, those quarterbacks there. Right. And, and Drew Brees is going to be very popular in redraft leagues. Tom Brady's going to get drafted in a lot of redraft leagues. Mm-hmm. They will get drafted in dynasty leagues. But because, as you mentioned, the age is a factor. You are you are in theory building a team for the long run. So spending a lot of draft capital to get a guy who's only going to be on your team maybe a year or two probably isn't quite the same. And so and I noticed that you see it a lot, especially at the running back position. Um, you know, I, I it's, it's been interesting watching a lot of Dynasty League people talk on, on Twitter and you see a lot of and. Look, in in redraft leagues and keeper leagues, this just seems like bananas. But in dynasty leagues, the talk of when do you deal Christian McCaffrey has become a topic because, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a guy who's had a huge workload who is, uh, I mean, he's still fairly young, but he's going to be, I think, 25, 26 fairly soon. And I think as you're looking to kind of get out ahead of it, I think that's that's sort of the conversation. And so age has a lot to do with with how you're building your roster. I think that's something to keep an eye on. you know, because you, you don't want to necessarily load up with a lot of, you know, a lot of heavy veteran guys mm-hmm. uh, that in a year or two may have a huge fall off in production. And suddenly uh, your team sort of falls apart. And so, strategy, yeah, is also different in that a lot of these dynasty leagues, you can trade players for draft picks in the rookie draft. Mm-hmm. So obviously in redrafts, typically you're not doing that. And although there are some leagues where you can trade picks in redrafts, but for the most part, uh, I think it's more prominent in dynasty leagues. So that is an added aspect of making it more real, right? Yeah. Because just like GMs, you know, you're, you're trading players for picks, you're trading picks for picks. And it, it makes it much more of a realistic experience uh, for fantasy owners. Speaking of which, I mean, so how much do you draft or do you value draft picks versus, you know, getting a guy that, that could possibly help you right away? I mean, I, I know everybody's yeah, sort of building yeah. for the future, but sometimes you want, you need that guy that can help you like right now. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the draft class, honestly. Like, so I can see a lot of players out there trading veterans for picks before this draft happened with say, for example, um, if you wanted a young running back, you know, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift and, and JK Dobbins uh, came, there's a lot of good ones. So if you're needing to improve and maybe get younger in your backfield, then I could absolutely have seen people going out there and trading, you know, so some not older veterans per se, but you know, guys who maybe are a little bit past their primes and going out there and trying to get a younger player to, to, gain youth because ultimately that's what you want to do. Like in our dynasty league, my quarterbacks are Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, and Josh Allen. So, you know, when we do our, when we do our, uh, our draft, I'm not necessarily going to be looking to go after Tua or Joe Burrow because I mean, Roethlisberger's old Russell's not and Josh Allen's a spring chicken, but my running backs, <laughs> I've got Mark Ingram, I've got Le'Veon Bell and did I, did I win this league last season? I can't remember if I won the league last season. I think I might have. Uh, I have James Conner, who I don't know. So I might be inclined to try and see if someone out there is interested in, you know, one of my veterans and maybe my pick, because my pick is going to be later in the first round for a pick that's a little bit higher in the first round. So I can go a little bit younger and maybe try and get one of the running backs that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's always the sort of the thing is, is trying to gauge 
that value of you know, giving up somebody that's on your roster to try to get a draft pick. And, and I think some of it, some of it is based on who you're trying to target, right? Like this year, uh, as you, if, if you're talking about, you know, if you really want to try to target just for instance, say a Jonathan Taylor, right? Like what do you feel like you have to give up to get that pick that's going to allow you to draft Jonathan Taylor? And so those mm-hmm. are the sort of the calculations you have to make, which does add a layer of difficulty to it, uh, sure. which does sort of make it a little bit more you know, realistic. Again, this is as close to being an actual GM as, as most of us are going to get uh, unless we somehow luck into a, a gig. Yeah, Dynasty game, is you know? not for the homelyers out there who just want to have fun and, right. and not be responsible <laughs> for a team. I mean, virtually 365 days a year. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, especially this time of year, things really pick up. You start getting a lot of trade offers. Uh, you start getting a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of requests for, for stuff. So it does definitely go all year long. That's a thing to, to, to sort of pay attention to. Um. You talk a little bit about your draft strategy and and how you don't change it a whole lot. Do you still wait as long on quarterbacks or do you have to make the move a little bit earlier in these leagues? If you're in a startup, it really depends on what's left out there. I feel like I feel like in a startup dynasty league, Lamar and Mahomes are going to be picked even higher than they would be in redrafts Mm. because people just want that stud quarterback. So honestly, it, it it mirrors sort of what I do in redrafts too, is because, you know, I've been in a couple of drafts already, a few a few mock drafts in the last couple of weeks, and you know you get to the point where Deshaun Watson's on the board at a certain spot, and you're like, yeah, maybe I'm going to take a chance on him. Maybe it's the sixth round or the seventh round. The same is going to be true in dynasty leagues, where hey, there's guys that I'm gonna uh, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to get a worse quarterback than this quarterback. Like say. You know, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, like I don't want to I don't want to have a QB one that's any worse than that. And then late in drafts, you're, again, you're not going to see these these like young quarterbacks on the board. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be scenarios across across the dynasty landscape where Joe Burrow to a tongue of Aloha and Justin Herbert are going to go ahead of Tom Brady because right. Tom Brady is 43 years old. So. And that's where there's a drastic difference in terms of in redrafts. I'm taking Tom Brady all day long, 10 times out of 10 over all of those quarterbacks. But in dynasty leagues, that's not the case. Tom Brady is going to end up being there after say those three are already drafted. And I would have included, uh, you know, Jordan love in there too, although I'm just not a big fan of him and Jalen hurts, (laughs) but he ended up in an awful situation in Philadelphia. So I think those two are interesting cases, too, because I think, you mm-hmm. know, they, they have potential upside, but they also both have obstacles in the way of them getting on the field anytime soon. I, I feel like Wentz is the biggest obstacle because I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is going to finish his career in Green Bay, especially after mm-hmm. what's just happened. So, right. I, I mean, if the Packers ended up trading Aaron Rodgers after this season, I wouldn't be surprised and and give the reins to Jordan Love wouldn't be surprised at all. But in Philadelphia, there's a different story because Carson Wentz is not an old man uh, relative to the age of a quarterback. You know, I mean, right. he's not in his 30s. He's still a guy who's who's you know entering his prime. And so Hertz is going to end up being behind him for at least the next three years, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that is sort of the obstacle to, to guys like that. Um when you look at running back versus wide receiver, um, I know you I know you are a, a hardcore running back guy that has never changed. I, I feel like in dynasty leagues, especially now with more teams going with committees um, and, and with more you know, running backs 
being in the pool, even if it's not necessarily deep, there are more guys in the pool. Do you tend to load up more at that position, just hoping you can you know, throw a few darts and get a few hits later in your draft? Right. And uh, let's let's also remember, too, the top of the running back position right now in fantasy, Marcus, is pretty young. Like mm-hmm. McCaffrey's not an old back. Barkley's clearly not an old back. Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Kamara. Um I mean, Zeke is probably the oldest, of, Mixed, Zeke's right. the oldest of that group, and he's not that old. Right. <laughs> I mean, Mixon, Nick Chubb, I, I, again, Josh Jacobs, like Miles Sanders. There's a lot of really good young running backs in the league at this point. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at that position, you want to go after those young guys. I mean, Derrick Henry is still relatively a young dude. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're going to have the Glide, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's going to be drafted. Austin Eckler uh, is still relatively a young back as well. Again, I'm just like throwing names off the top of my head who are, who are near the top of the list at that position. And at the wide receiver position, I, I guess you can make sort of the same argument. You know, Michael Thomas and Nuke and, you know, Devontae, Tyreek. Godwin is a young, you know, Mike Evans, Juju. That that's an interesting case study right there. Where does Juju get drafted in Dynasty as opposed to redraft? Because Juju is a young man. What is he? 22, right. 23 years old and coming off a really bad season. And and you also have to factor in with Dynasty, who the hell is the quarterback going to be, right? Yeah. So, does Juju's value decrease significantly in redrafts uh because well, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back and he's coming off a bad season, you know, how do you sort of balance that? But in Dynasty, does his value go up because he's so young? Or does his value plateau because his quarterback might not be playing more than the next year or two? And then you don't know yeah. who that quarterback's going to be in Pittsburgh. Well, and and you know, you throw in the rumors that the Steelers may not re-sign him at the end of his rookie contract. That would be insane. That, it would be insane, but that also adds another layer of intrigue here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, does he end up testing the market? Does he go somewhere else that potentially helps or hurts him? Um, yeah, Juju is a very interesting case. Today, I think, when you talk it about is. It. I mean, like, no question about that. And I'll give you another good one. Uh, my beloved Dallas Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. In Dynasty Leagues, I mean, Amari Cooper is still more valuable than CeeDee Lamb. I get it. But CeeDee Lamb, like in Dynasty, as opposed to redrafts, he's going to go way higher. He's. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if CeeDee Lamb w- was a lock top 50 pick in Dynasty. Lock. Lock. Mm-hmm. And you can't say that in redrafts. He's not getting picked until nah. after the – First 90, I would I would suggest. And CD, you could argue, has more value right now in Dynasty Leagues than Amari Cooper because CD's got – he's young and he has got a long career ahead of him, whereas Amari Cooper, although he did sign the big five-year contract with the Pokes, the Cowboys can get out of that contract after a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And so legitimately, CD Lamb could be the number one wide receiver in Dallas as early as, what, 2023? So 2022. So that there's there's some things that you have to keep in mind there in dynasty leagues that you're not really thinking about in redrafts. Hell, same thing with J.K. Dobbins. In mm-hmm. redrafts, Dobbins is probably what middle rounder, maybe middle to late. In in dynasty, dude, well, he's gonna go huge. I, and like because- in, in, in rookie only, he's a, he, he's maybe a top five pick. Yeah, well, because I mean, I, I think the belief is that you know the Ravens may move on from Mark Ingram very soon. So like it won't be too long potentially until this is Dobbins backfield. So yeah, no, right. there's there's definitely upside there. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. And, and that that's that's you know where you're gonna see the biggest difference is that you're looking much more at youth and the future and projecting what teams are going to do rather than look at what's going to happen just this season upcoming. And that's it. Right. Um 
speaking of looking you know for what's upcoming uh tight ends right because we all we all know that it usually takes a couple two or three years for tight ends to sort Mm -hmm. of blossom um, maybe that learning curve is starting to shorten a little bit with guys who are just mostly pass catchers as opposed to kind of doing everything. But I feel like drafting tight ends uh, is maybe one of the harder things to do in Dynasty because the 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 runway for them is so long that you really have to be patient if you are if you are drafting a rookie tight end. Yeah. First off, George Kittle is a better pick than Kelsey in Dynasty because he's younger. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like statistically, uh, they're they're close. They were they averaged the same amount of fantasy points last season. Right. And, and then yeah, you get into uh, you know, guys like Mark Andrews is gonna be more valuable than Zach Ertz because he's younger. Uh you're Darren Waller, again, a young tight end. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram, still a, a relatively young tight end, uh, who has to avoid injuries, but you almost want Evan Ingram more than you want a Zach Ertz in dynasty because, you know, Ertz not only is older, but also has to compete potentially with Dallas Goddard a little bit more even than last season. Yep. So Hunter Henry, younger guy, and uh, you know, Jared Cook's value is going to drop in a dynasty league. The good thing is that we've got some young tight ends in the league, Marcus, who have the potential to bust out either this year or next like a TJ Hawkinson, like a Noah fan, like a Mike Gesicki, who the more research I do on Gesicki, the bigger I, I get him. like uh, on him. Love him. Uh, dig. <laughs> a, a guy who he ran more routes out of the slot last year than any tight end in the league. And it wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. He was utilized in the red zone pretty often. And I, I just dig him. Devontae Parker is not going to be able to sustain what he did in the second half of last season. So you're looking at that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And, and and then, you know, some of the some of the veteran tight ends out there. I mean, Tyler Eifert's probably on that. Li- uh, Tyler uh, Higby, excuse me, um, mm-hmm. is, is likely on that list, too. But a guy like a Tyler Eifert or a Jimmy Graham or or, or uh, the like, they they are not worth more than late round flyers in Dynasty or in redrafts, obviously. Right. It's I mean, nice I would, to I would get think- that Adam Troutman is going to get drafted before Jimmy Graham and Tyler Eifert. Uh, so, you know, so is Cole Komet. I mean, like. It, it, it's no brainer stuff here in dynasty leagues. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, Jimmy Graham, I wouldn't be surprised if he just sits out there in a lot of leagues. Um, you know, I, I will say the, up. I guess if there's one sort of saving grace, like it's something that saves you this headache, it's that this, this year's rookie tight end class is not anticipated to be a great one. I mean, you've got to uh, you got what Harrison Bryant, um, but he yeah. didn't land in a great spot. No, uh, you got Albert O. Um, who again, though, he's, you know, he's, he's still in a, a well, he's got Fant there. So, um, yeah. yeah, this, this is not a great tight end class. So maybe this sort of relieves that, that headache mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And like another example, like Irv Smith, like he'll get drafted ahead of Kyle Rudolph by a mile, maybe in a redraft not that the case it, it could be, but mm-hmm. in dynasty by a mile, like Ian Thomas's value is going to be higher. Hayden Hurst value is going to be higher. Uh, Rob Gronkowski's value is going to suck. Like Rob Gronkowski in dynasty, like he's, you don't know if he's going to play just one year and that's it. Like right. I, I, in Dynasty, it sounds crazy, but I'd much rather have TJ Hawkinson or Dallas Goddard or Tyler Tyler Higby or Gesicki or Irv Smith or, I mean, Johnny Smith. Like, I'm, I'm, again, just pulling names. I'd rather have all those guys over Rob Gronkowski in Dynasty mm-hmm. leagues. Like Rob Gronkowski's value <laughs> takes a massive hit in Dynasty because he's yeah. a one-year guy potentially. Right now, and that, that's sort of the thing, is that you just don't know how long he's going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, look, Tom Brady's on a two-year contract, and so it, it very well could be that you know they do those two years and they just decide to call it quits. So. Yeah, you got to factor that in, man. Like, I, I get it, wanting to win now. I always want to win now, mm-hmm. but I, I, I want to be able to win now and still not sacrifice 
having a, you know, like my backfield in our dynasty league, like my backfield yeah. two years ago is freaking nuts. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, Hey guys are getting older, man. I got to do something there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, we, uh, that's a kind of like a, an overview of our, our sort of draft strategies. Like I said, we will get into uh, on Thursday uh, a little bit more about individual players and that sort of thing. Um, but want to shift gears before we wrap this one up. The schedule came out last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. It was released after uh, we did our, our last show of the week. Um, but now that we've seen it, it's out there. I actually wrote a, uh, a column in, on NFL.com about the, the top 10 potential fantasy bonanza games, like the, the ones where there could be a whole lot of scoring uh, and your fantasy teams could, could do a whole lot. There are a couple that, that absolutely stand out. Um, Chiefs at Saints in week 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is, you're talking about a, this is a playoff game, right? A fantasy playoff week for a lot of folks. You got the Chiefs and the Saints that, you know, th- this could be a potential track meet. That one, I think, has a lot of interest. You've got Chiefs at Ravens in week three. Um, yep. Texans and Chiefs in week one, which is a replay of that playoff game that, you know, mm-hmm. everybody remembers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Were there any others that jumped out at you that, that you were yeah, like, I, like, I try to avoid, like, the divisional games because, like, you know, Bucks Saints, I mean, duh. Like, I mean, right. everyone's going to be looking at Bucks Saints. I threw that in there just because it's it's Brady Breeze. Of course, of, of course. Yeah. No, no, and, and it's a big one. But, like, when I was looking, like, Cowboys-Rams in the first week, I think that's going to be interesting. Atlanta at Dallas. Okay, I'm being a homer now, but – Uh, Baltimore at Houston in week two was another game that I feel like could end up having some fantasy points uh, scored across the board. Uh, Packers at Saints, Chiefs at Ravens, as you mentioned, Uh, those games are are week three contests. And as I go a little bit further down, again, trying to avoid the divisional games, Buffalo at Arizona is really interesting. And that's in week 10. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen against Kyler Murray. Could potentially end up being a high-scoring game. That one is going to be fun to watch. Niners Saints in that same weekend. Um, right. Rams Bucks in Week 11. That could be fun, depending on if Jared Goff continues to tank or he turns things around. <laughs> and you mentioned Chiefs Bucks. That's a real good one, uh, no doubt about that. You've also got um, Philadelphia at Arizona in Week 15. I feel like that mm-hmm. could be a high-scoring game. And you mentioned Kansas City and New Orleans. And then um, Atlanta at Kansas City in Championship Week. That could be a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Um, so that that it's going to be interesting. Uh, normally, I, I write and I may still do it a, a piece on uh, on on guys you can kind of sort of target for bye week replacements, but kind of with the caveat that we may not have bye weeks this year. Um, yeah, you might want to wait on that one. So that's that's one that you know. Usually, I, I have that one loaded up. This one may uh, it it may be on hold this year just because we have no idea. Uh, we know what the schedule looks like in theory. We don't know mm-hmm. what it's going to look like in practice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, can, uh, can we also talk real quick about, you know, what, what uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci discussed with Peter King in a column that was all over Twitter uh, the last yeah. couple of days. Yeah, yeah. You, you're going to have to draft differently this year. And, and if, if, if one guy gets coronavirus and we're having a football season, it's going to be more important than ever to ensure the players that you drafted to be your stars, man. Like if you have Zeke, you've got to have Tony Pollard. If you have Dalvin Cook, you have to have Alexander Madison. God forbid we have a football season and one of these guys gets diagnosed with the coronavirus. He's gone for at least two weeks. And well, if you don't, if you don't have his backup, man, you're going to be in trouble. The other part of that though, I, I think the corollary to that, and, and you know, maybe, maybe this is worth doing a whole show on is, is how we sort of, 
prepare, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think obviously increased roster size is going to have to be a thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the other part of that, though, is, you know, if one guy gets it, right? Let's say that you're, you know, you're one of your frontline running backs gets it. What is the danger of, say, everybody in that running back room or that whole team no, suddenly being quarantined for, I for get 10, 10 to 14 days? Right. I get it. But I don't know that they would. I, I don't know that they're going to they're going to do that. People are they're going to get tested individually. Mm-hmm. So I would think that if, if they do tests, say they do tests on Saturday night, you have all the games on Sunday or most of the games on Sunday. And again, God forbid, you know, like Mark Ingram comes down and he's he's positive for the coronavirus then J.K. Dobbins gets tested. He's negative. J.K. Dobbins is going to play that right. next game. Mark right. Ingram's not going to play for at least a couple of weeks. So it's – it's and in smaller leagues, maybe it doesn't matter as much because you're just going to be able to acquire depth at the position no matter what. But I'm telling you, man, maybe more than ever, because of this coronavirus situation, if you got a stud running back, man, you better back him up. You better back yeah. him up with the guy behind him on the depth chart. Yeah, I think it's it's worth kind of digging into that. That may be that may be a couple of days worth of shows is <laughs> just trying to figure right, out exactly. how yeah. how we sort of work around this. Uh, what is the does it make more sense to run team quarterbacks than individual quarterbacks? Would mm-hmm. you rather is it is it because of the pandemic? Do you go with the Patriots team quarterback? Although I don't know why you'd want to do that, um, <laughs> or, you know, or Jared Stidham. I mean, like I like. I mean, these are questions that fantasy owners are going to bring up, and then actually, Marcus, that might not be the, a bad idea. Does that does that make the uh, the Saints team QB? Is that, does that make them QB one? I think I think bro. James. I mean, that might be QB one right there. If we're that, going, that is, I think it is QB one. Hell yeah! And then you got Taysom back there too. I mean, like, yeah, that that right. could be it. So, conversations that you're going to have to have in the fantasy industry and, and within your league uh, with your with your fellow owners. How do we want to attack this? Like, do we want to just go team quarterback this way? Saturday night, again, God forbid, a quarterback comes down with coronavirus. You don't have to worry about it because it's not fair. It's really not fair in this situation that I should lose a big name quarterback and not have his backup if if I want to play him. Now, Uh, the good thing is that the quarterback position is much deeper. So if you do remain with individual quarterbacks, you're probably going to be okay. But – in the case of, you know, a, a, a bigger league, do you want to go team quarterback rather than just have individuals? I don't know. It makes you excited. I think I think the Q, the, the, the Cowboys may have QB, too, uh, between Dak and uh, – The Red Dak Rifle, baby. Cal- Get him in there, man. <laughs> I know, right? Who's, who's, who's the Giants backup right now, Eddie? Who's the, who's the Giants backup quarterback at this point? Well, they have like four in the roster, but it's yeah. Colt McCoy. Yeah. And uh, they still have Alex. I think they still may have Alex Tanney, mm. but uh, they signed Colt McCoy was a big uh, offseason signing. Mm. Uh, Colt McCoy was a big offseason signing? Huge. Big? Yeah. <laughs> what? what? Is this the XFL? What are we talking about here? Look, hopefully we don't have to bring his name up at all. And uh, Danny Dimes <laughs> plays all 60 right. games. Hey, listen, I am all in on this Danny Dimes. I, I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he's going to. He's going to end up being the biggest sleeper quarterback of 2020. So, and that's me wearing a Cowboys hat right now and being unbiased. I, I, mean, I appreciate that greatly. <laughs> if, if, if we get to, you know, I mean, if, look, if you get to like week 12 and you still have to ask the question, who is the Giants backup? Things are probably going pretty well for you. Right. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. So I'll say that. So, 
uh, yeah, so you know, schedule obviously is out. We'll see what happens. We're all sort of kind of waiting. We're on we're on pins and needles. Uh, for anybody who who hits us up uh, on social media asking, I will tell you that you know when it comes to what's going to happen, uh, we know as much as you guys do. Um, Nobody you know. knows. Trump doesn't know. Goodell doesn't know. Nobody knows. You know, they, all, they, they, all, they all hope and have a plan. We're all trying to be optimistic. Uh, right. As people say, hope is not a plan, but, you know, it's at least it's at least something that we got. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. So yeah. uh, there you go. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading and watching as well. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if you want your children to listen, try talking softly to someone else. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.